Today is Thursday, January 5th, 2023. It's day 728 of the J6 political hostage crisis. I'm Mel Holly, and this is your Justice in Jeopardy update. Well, I'm super excited to be joined today by an amazing patriot who uh, was uh, pretty much just living a normal life until uh, things took a big turn. And she has stepped up to the plate and just uh, been a warrior, an absolute warrior. So welcome to the show, Kelly Wilds. Thanks, Mel. I'm so glad you're here. Um, so why don't you give us a little background about, uh, you know, what you were doing before all this happened and uh, how how you're connected to the whole movement and, and uh, you know, what you've done since then. Cool. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Um, John and I were just kind of living the life, <laughs> just dating, and um, you know, we, it was kind of long distance uh, here and there. We and would clarify see- clarify for anyone who doesn't know that that John is John Mellis, who who is uh, a DC uh, Gulag detainee. That's right. Yeah, he's been in the DC jail now for six hundred and eighty something days um, without a bond hearing. So that's his story. He was at the West Terrace Tunnel area and he witnessed the murder of Roseanne Boyland. So um, yeah, John and I were just kind of casual, and then this happened, and it was really scary. I got, I think, his first phone call at jail, and he was pretty panicky too. I mean, they were playing that clip over and over at the impeachment hearing. And he just, he didn't, I mean, he had just witnessed somebody being killed and, and in the COVID lockdowns, I mean, jail was not normal. It was really bizarre. So um, it was sort of just panic mode. I mean, crisis mode instantly as we try to figure out kind of what was going on. And then time has just gone on and on and on. And there's been definitely an evolution because it's almost been two years at this point. Um, but um, at the beginning, we were just scared and hunkered down. And eventually, uh, the family members started to connect. And um, that would be probably probably took about eight months for us to kind of get started to reach out and form this sort of little grassroots network that we've got that's been building so much momentum over the last year. Um, But anyway, um, we've been trying to get bond and been scared off by the prosecutor and trying to help people that are like in their own crisis. And so um, anyway, at this point of the evolution, I'm a little more brave. I've been really speaking out. I've been putting my name behind a lot of things. I was getting threatened before by the prosecution, by the prosecutor. So um, so I got a little bit scared. Um, But at this point, I mean, they can they all of us are going to go through it. I mean, we're all going to face this evil, tyrannical government. So at this point, I'm like, all right, I'm pretty dedicated to getting the truth out of here. So I've been working as much as I can to kind of make this a little bit louder. And I mean, you've been been doing your part. And so, gosh, I'm rambling. I don't know. I, I My life has become dedicated to this cause. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that it has. And, and I know that uh, knowing you personally, that, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes it's just so much and you're the kind of person that that would rather just kind of be you know able to just like work in your little cubicle <laughs> you're an amazing writer <laughs> you've um you've kind of been a, a ghost writer for some incredible articles that have come out and uh i uh i, I look forward to to saying to reading every single one of them because they're they're just fantastic and on top of that mm-hmm. you're a great speaker Oh, and uh, you. you were recently, I, I, you know, I, I first saw you speak at uh, the J6 rally in D.C. Uh, September 24th, and you did a, an excellent job. 
And uh, since then, I have more recently seen you on uh, the abandoned war room where you where you were able to uh, speak out and speak up. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, you nailed it. I like to be in my little, you know, cave and I'm really a quiet, private person. I like to be in the woods with my dog and I'm, you know, a total introvert. But in these kind of situations, somebody's got to do it. And I think all of us are feeling that, okay, someone has to step up. It's us. We're all doing it. And so that's been my experience too. And I did start with the writing. So um, Kara Castronova was just horrified at the outset, one of the early people to say, this is wrong. This story is not being told right. And she started to reach out to some of the guys in the jail. And um, John was one of the first people to publish a letter. And that letter went out to the Gateway Pundit audience and it was able, it fundraised enough money for him to be able to afford a lawyer. Otherwise he wouldn't have been able to afford a lawyer. Then everybody realized, okay, if they weren't scared, we got to get our stories out. So Kara kind of became inundated with this list of guys that were raising their hands saying, I want to tell the truth about my story too. And so Kara's desk was overloaded. And so I kind of stepped into the gap to say, maybe I can help with, you know, um, you know, the over the, all the work that's um, here to be done. So I got to know individually one by one, dozens of guys. I got to know their story. I was reading their motions. I was talking to their family and I I was trying my best to write the other side of the story from their perspective. And so um, that's been snowballing into me getting to write. Yeah, I've been ghostwriting. I put my name on a few. I have a pseudonym too <laughs> that I was kind of trying to use, but um, I'm, I'm really trying to get better at that. That's been a really exciting thing for me to be able to help. And every day when an article goes out and we can just watch their fundraiser, the generosity of the American people donating to support these guys, because it's not just a lawyer, it's $500 a month in commissary and at home, their family and their mortgage and their car and all the things that they are, are missing um, in their absence that they're being mostly illegally detained and completely abused. So yeah, it started with the articles. I've been doing probably about one a week, I would say. Um, and uh, and then I started to speak up a bit. <laughs> it's definitely a learning curve. I don't know if you're feeling the same thing, but I'm not in front of the camera a lot. So just, uh, you know, watching my earlier my earlier interviews, I'm thinking, oh God, that was embarrassing. But anyway, yeah, lately I've been um, a little more brave. And just recently I was at AmFest and um, John was back there, you know, checking in, how's it going, you know, and giving me some tips, like, uh, you know, elbow your way in basically. And, you know, it kind of, it snowballs. I think you know how that goes too. Like you meet one person and they're like, you have to meet these people. And so anyway, push come to shove. Yep. I got to go uh, talk to Bannon for a couple minutes and tell him about what's going on. I mean, at that point, every single jury trial with the exception of one had resulted in a guilty conviction on every count. I really wanted him to know that um, because even the men who are getting to trial, which is not many at this point, it's been slow going, speedy trial rates have been egregiously violated, but once they get there, they're pretty much screwed. Um, so, so yeah, it feels good to get the word out, especially shocking that conservatives that watch our news, that are that support our causes and that know that we're telling the truth don't know half of these stories. I mean, Roseanne Boylan is still an unfamiliar name for many conservatives. So I was just out there trying to get the word out and, and just be brave, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing a fabulous job. And, Thanks. you know, I wanted to speak to, to you saying that, that this is not something that you're comfortable doing. And, uh, you know, in speaking to so many people who have gotten involved along the way, um, 
you know, I, I've heard over and over just like walking around speaking to say the vendors at reawaken, you know, just, just hearing their stories. And, and the same thing that I, I heard over and over from everyone was I never in a million years thought I would be doing this. Yeah. And it's like God has given people gifts and a mission and, and it's kind of like you, you either accept it or you don't. I mean, I always say, yeah. I never in a million years thought I'd be in front of a camera, you know, yeah. I did at one point want to be behind the camera, but, but, uh, you know, so, I mean, you, you have to just be bold and, and find that courage within and, and, and just do it. And, and as you also said, you know, we didn't know how to do these things. And I, I mean, I have just been winging it the whole time. Like, okay, yeah, how do I exactly. do a podcast and, you know, sitting here in my, my little studio and, 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 you know, you know, figuring out things along the way and, 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 you know, you know, you know, along the way, you know, this may not be the hundred percent professional way that these, these big names are doing it, but I'm doing it and I'm out there doing it. And, and exactly. that's what you're yeah, doing. I mean, it's a fire hose of getting info out. I feel like that about Mickey and I watched her, I think it was in a Cowboy Logic interview a year ago. She wouldn't have even believed half of the things that she witnessed firsthand. You know, this has taken her on this crazy journey of, you know, eye-opening courage that's been required. And I, and I also know it seems to me that she feels like I'm just a person. I'm a flawed person. I'm a hurt person. You know, I, I'd rather be in my cave, but she's out there and we all are just like awed by her. Um, she's inspired so many people and brought us so much hope and given us so much energy and um, a focal point to rally around and a gathering place at the vigil every night. And she has like no clue because she's just a regular person. And this God was like, hello, I have something to do for, for you to do here, you know? And so she's definitely accepted it. And she's been just this amazing, amazing force for us. But I mean, she's kind of a nice observation point because like we know that in her heart, she's like, I'm just normal. But to us, she's just like so inspirational because of everything that she's kind of just pulled together. And you're right. It's not the big time professional thing. A lot of it is like, oh God, you know, okay. Like, like last minute, pull it together. Okay. That was a total fail, whatever. We're trying it, but at least we're getting it out, you know? And at this point, I mean, I wish we could get a, a few more bigger names with bigger audiences to start, you know, sharing this because it seems like elected leaders either are scared to touch it because it's career suicide or they, you know, feel like they can't really actually do anything. So the more we can just like, you know, broadcast the message, like social media and whatever, um, through public opinion, I think the more effect we'll have. So yeah, it doesn't matter if it's amateur, just as long as we're telling people what's going on. Yeah, but it's been a wild ride. That's for sure. Yeah, it definitely has. And, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's, I have seen the hand of God more than I have ever, ever seen in my life through the past couple of years. And, you know, it's, it's like the Holy spirit tells you what to say if you ask. And, um, and, and then just like the connections, I mean, it's like when I need something, someone just mysteriously says, Hey, I want to connect you with this person. And it's exactly what I need at that moment. Yeah. And, um, so we had, uh, we had a visit in the DC Gulag today by Troy Nels. Yeah. And, uh, that, you know, from what I've heard, um, was, you know, uh, exciting for the guys. And, um, it, it was, uh, you know, and it came about partly by, it was like a God thing, you know, it was, uh, calls were made contacts were given and it and it led 
to what happened. And I, I've just seen it over and over again and I'm, I'm blown away, but it, it just, it just, um, you know, it makes, it solidifies that, that this is part of God's plan and, and it's happening. It may not be happening the way we envision and uh, it may be really hard along the way. And a lot of us are, are seeing that some much more than others, but we, we all have a different cross to bear. And, and in, and in the end, you know, we know God wins and, and we just have to stick to the journey and stick to the mission. Yeah. Have you, have you ever deep cleaned your house and it's, you look around halfway through and you're, it's like worse than when you started, you know, yeah. it's just like <laughs> crap is everywhere, yes, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's almost like that actually. I mean, I feel like a little bit of the dust, dust is settling, settling. I know we're kind of still in the throes of all of it. We have a lot of legal stuff to get through and whatever, but I actually, I would never in my own life, I don't think would have known how broken our justice system is. And I have a girlfriend of mine who does DE and I work, you know, she's definitely a Democrat. She's definitely on the left. Um, she's a black woman, but I mean, we were we were friends. And she said, Kelly, we've been trying to tell you guys this for, for years. You know, sometimes once you get charges, you just have to go through the motions. It doesn't matter if you're even guilty or innocent half the time. So we're watching sort of um, like how prosecutors are lying and getting away with it and this and that. The beauty of it all too, other than being a unifying force for all of the people, left, right, black, white, it doesn't matter. We're with you. We're with everybody. We want to fix this and we want to make it better because we love this country, but, um, I just, it's just, it's been, it's been revelatory in a way that I, I never would have guessed, you know? So I feel like that's also the lucky thing too. It's ugly right now. Cause we're just watching kind of all the dust and grime from the dark corners come up. But I think because we have hundreds, if you know, thousand people have been charged and all of those people have family members and all of us are so linked in. I mean, we are like a family. We've been calling it a J6 family, you know, the, the, we've been celebrating holidays together and um you know we're there through grief and we're there through happiness and all of the things you know fighting to um do it all together i mean we're going to get so much attention to this and we're going to clean it up so i think that's really going to be the greatest thing in the end because i mean what's the point of having a you know democratic system and all these beautiful things about our country if it's all fake if it's all just on paper and the way it works is garbage you know that's how they did it in soviet ussr so we're not like that we're honest transparent you know, we wanted to all be in the light. So yeah, it's ugly yeah, and hard yeah. right now, but we'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, it, it would be a beautiful thing if exposing all of the truth and bringing the things to light, like the situation um, in the prisons and with our judicial system and all the corruption, if, if that being brought to light can bring the two sides together instead of making, you know, one side, well, we, we knew this all along and you guys didn't care. And, um, you so know, now you can suffer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We That's don't, kind of we sometimes don't the reaction I get, I'm like, wow, we're with you and you still want to push us away. All right, whatever. Yeah, I actually have an interesting sociological experiment. I'm in the middle of it. And, um, I went to a, a meetup group. I just moved to Nashville about a year ago just to get away from DC. And I went to a stoic meetup group and I like philosophy. I like ethics. I like thinking and having some, you know, nice conversations. And, um, and it's kind of fun to get away from politics for, for a little while. And I met this guy who was like, you know, really interested in the same kind of East Asian philosophies as me. And I was telling him all the stuff I'm involved in with, through my boyfriend and what I've witnessed and about the, a protest and a police murdering an unarmed woman protester. And I met all the whole story. 
And he's 100% with me, but he's like an avowed communist, you know? And I haven't even said anything about the date yet. I can't wait. I just, I'm, I'm trying to hold on to it as long as I can. So he knows I'm a good person. I'm an honest person. And I'm going through the same pain as him. You know, it's not left or right anymore, but they're 100% with us until we tell them some trigger words like Trump or January 6th. Then they, you know, because they've just sort of been programmed without thinking, even some Republicans, I know John wanted to talk about my mom. It's so funny. She's <laughs> definitely a Trump supporter. She had like a billboard sign, Trump size Trump sign in the yard, you know, and, but she, she, she didn't, she would listen to NPR, you know, she was a little skeptical, it took her about a year. And actually it was the story about uh, U.S. Marine James McGrew that I finally got her with. And now she's just like super evangelist and she goes out and she talks to people and she talks to Republicans. Even I, we, she, she has a friend who's a journalist who used to be in the White House press corps who understands how journalism works and how left-leaning it is and all the slant that's involved. And, and she was very quick to say, oh, well, January 6th, they deserve it, you know? And my mom's like, wait a second, you should look at the facts here, you know? So it's definitely it's definitely a fight to win people over when they get they, they hit that wall that's just like, you know, they hear January 6th and they can't think any, any farther than that. But that's okay. I mean, this is a civil rights movement. I'm real. I've realized that over the past few months, it's not about who you like gets rights. Every single person gets rights. We need rule of law, and we have we have freedom, and we have these rights so that we can all kind of live in harmony, no matter who we are. You know, everybody, uh, every side of the polarity, you know, is important. Tall, short, fat, skinny, all of us have a place here. And so, just because we like, you know constitutional republics <laughs> doesn't mean we need to be vilified that's what we need to do we need to we need to start our conversations with finding common ground and finding as much common ground as as we have and then um you know we can present things that um you know they they may have not looked at from from the other side and and hopefully that'll bring us all together in the end and there's so much common ground there's so much and one thing that is not understood at least about the men in the jail i don't know if there were agitators there i haven't met the agitators actually because i've only met the men who came in behind the agitators to try to make sure that people didn't die that day but the men that i know are good men that that want you know, what's true. They want what's good. They want love. They want, you know, rule of law. They want peace for their family. They want to be left alone by, you know, a government that's infringing upon them. And so, I mean, that's actually sort of my barometer too. You know, if something is causing more division, if something is causing some hate or some anger or um, contention, it's probably not leading us in the right direction. If we're all trying to evolve toward Christ, you know, and be like Jesus and, um, you know, ascend with then we then, then we want to go toward the light. We want to go toward the love. And I know that these men do intend that. And I know that John Mellis, my boyfriend, was was there that day and what he did that day was in the name of of what was good. He wanted to save this woman. He was not trying to hurt anybody. He didn't want he didn't come there in any kind of anger. And I've said before, too, I went to a Stop the Steal rally, and that rally was full of love. And I've been told, I wasn't at January 6th, but I've been told that January 6th was that times 10. It was just the most electric and emotional crowd. It got out of hand in certain parts because the police were unprepared, you know, for their response was 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 dangerous and um and we can go into that you know but but the men that were there that i know are are not are not hateful bigots that are you know want to they, yeah. they didn't want to go there to cause harm yeah 
Well, I hundred percent agree. Well, unfortunately we're short on time today, but I, but I can't wait to have you back and talk to you more. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks in Nashville. Yay. Reawaken tour. Awesome. I can't wait, Mel. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. And, and we're going to follow this up right in this episode with your boyfriend, John Mellis talking about, uh, their visit today from uh, representative Troy Nels. You guys got anything going on in there today? Yeah, well, we had Troy Nels came in with a couple of his staffers. Troy Nels, as in the congressman? Yeah. Wow. That's a shocking turn of events. How did that go? Well, we were all pretty excited uh, leading up to it <clears throat> because we didn't know who was coming, and uh, but we knew someone was coming. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were all uh, hoping to uh, get uh, some... Uh, you know, hope or strength from the visit, uh, some indication that hope was on the way. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we witnessed on January 6th were, you know, police beating people and, you know, uh, murdering uh, Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan. And, uh, you know, other people died too as well, uh, Benjamin Phillips and Kevin Greeson. So we were, we were hoping to uh, get some kind of an indication of, uh, uh, you know, real investigations or uh, at least an understanding or an acknowledgement of uh, that kind of uh, situation we were put in on that day. And a lot of us are facing a lot of time in prison uh, because we uh, witnessed the murder of Roseanne Boylan and we tried to help. So we were hoping to get some kind of indication of that situation uh, 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 would give us some hope and some strength. You know, we're, we really are uh, low on uh, morale uh, lately. We could have used some, uh, some help there. Yeah, so what did he say? He, he came in with some of his staffers? Yeah, he came in with two of his staffers, a woman and a man. And um, he wanted to address the uh, visitation and the treatment here. So um, he was uh, he was very interested in the this lack of visitation, I should say. We haven't seen our families or our loved ones in almost two years at this point. And uh, so we don't have visitation or video visitation. And uh, <clears throat> just to paint a picture for you, he came in with his two staffers. But there was, I don't know, at least 12 to 15 uh, other people with him who were from the jail. So we had captains, majors, uh, you know, heads of security, uh, came in. So there was a whole squad around him and his staffers that uh, were, you know, uh, basically stopping us from being able to hand anything over to his staffers or himself or, or Tornell himself. Uh, we were trying to give him uh, folders full of grievances and things that had happened, just information, packets, and things that we kind of organized for him to get here uh, with, uh, before before we had our, our visit with Congress. And we were always kind of on the ready for that. So, you know, we had these kinds of things around waiting ready, you know, because we were visited by Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Louis Gomer last year. Uh, and... Uh, uh, actually it would be in 2021 in November 2021 and um, we were able to hand them things and they took things out with them so we were able to give them give them some things well they 
jail squad that came in with him were blocking us and stopping us from being able to hand them stuff and really kind of interrupting and getting in the way and kind of giving them a different story than we were giving them because we were telling them about the lack of visitation and that the tablets that we have access to are capable of visitation. Uh, the, the, uh, you know, it, it, and then when it comes to the uh, abuse from the guards that we've witnessed, you know, um, Lieutenant Lancaster um, spraying, macing uh, Ronald McAbee, uh, several times and getting him slammed on the ground. If he was being nonviolent, the only offense that he gave was that he didn't wear his mask to go get no call. This is what happened on Labor Day. Uh, and we told him about that situation. I can speak to the fact that I have talked to Troy Nels and uh, with you. And uh, he is, as a former sheriff, uh, he has, he is, he knows prisons well and he knows, uh, you know, how they are run. And, uh, he, you know, he knows that if, if there is spray set off inside of a prison, that the normal response as, as it should be is to immediately call EMS and take care of these people. Um, you know, no matter if they were offenders or not, you immediately clean them up and get that spray off of them. And that's not at all what happened, uh, with, with Colt Maccabee. I mean, he was, he was kept in that spray for what, 12 hours before being able to be washed. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be able to yeah, 12 hours, he was, he was locked in a cell and, and not allowed to. Um, I, I also have to point out, you know, Brian Mock also, uh, uh, in Veterans, Veterans Day 2021 uh, was the same situation. A lieutenant came in, sprayed him a bunch of times, emptied the can, everybody couldn't breathe, it was really bad, and it was, it was being nonviolent, and that happened to him. Um, yeah, I, you know, uh, basically what, what he came in and, and addressed was, Basically, the same concerns that he had when I spoke to him a month ago with you, like when we spoke to him, um, he was he wanted to know about the visitation, about the treatment, um, and and so he had the same tune as he did a month ago um, about the concerns that he had, and and, and that was uh, you know helpful in, in a lot of ways. If there's anything I could say to Congressman Nels right now is, is that I I do appreciate you very much uh, for coming out here and showing concern for a treatment. Uh, I, I, I just want you to know that, you know, these men are barely holding on. And, um, you know, we, we, we were hoping to hear some positive future for us instead of just we're screwed and we're doomed. Um, hmm. You know, we, we know that, you know, of course, I'm not disputing, and nobody in this pod would dispute that January 6th was a crazy day. And it was out, of, and it got out of hand, and it was insane. But we all agree on that. It's just, a, it's just that, you know, we've been in, in pretrial detainment for two years with no visitation. We, we endure uh, random beatings and, and basics by guards that hate us. We have no grievance uh, process to look forward to because it does not work. Uh, nobody listens to us. Everybody's ignoring us in this system in D.C. and in the other bills, it sounds like, too, but especially here. And, you know, I, I, I always go back to the fact that Democrats stormed the White House in 2020, in the summer. They burned St. John's Church down. 
they injured over 100 federal officers that night, and they forced President Trump, the President of the United States, the executive branch, into a bunker underground. And the only thing that ever happened was that the mainstream media, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, laughed and made fun of President Trump for having to be evacuated to a bunker. Now, none of the men in here, myself included, have ever made fun of any members of Congress for having to be evacuated to a separate place. None of us, none of our, none of the conservative media did that. No, nobody ever did that to the legislative branch when the legislative branch was evacuated. But when the executive branch, because it was Trump, was evacuated to a bunker because the Democrats stormed the White House and injured over 100 federal officers, nobody was arrested. I think maybe a couple, but they were let out the next day. You know, nobody was pre-dawn raids, you know, like Al-Qaeda. So the last time I saw my father, a decorated war hero, a retired major in the U.S. Army, the last time I saw him alive was in the street standing next to an armored truck surrounded by dozens and dozens of militarized FBI agents with automatic weapons. And I was in handcuffs. So, John... So, John, you said that was the last time you saw your father? Yeah. My father died on May 17th, uh, 2021. And I was unable to attend his funeral. Uh, and not only that, but I was actually uh, removed from the pod and put into the hole. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that and that you had that loss. Did your father at that point believe that, um, you know, you were guilty of these crimes? No, my father's been proud of me and has uh, believed in me the entire time. Good, good. I'm so glad. Out of the hundreds and hundreds of thousands or more people who have been arrested for January 6th, you could argue that these are the most heavily armed people in America. None of us have fought the police when they came to get us. None of us. We all respected the rule of law when they came and got us. We all respected the process. We did what we were told to do with our hands up and got arrested and went to a bond hearing. I haven't even had a bond hearing in two years. The judge and the prosecutor kept taking it down the road. I, you know, we need some hope. We're dying here. We're dying here, Mr. Nels, and I know you care. I appreciate your concern, but please, Mr. Nels, we need an investigation into what really happened on January 6th. Yeah, and, and you know, I would, I would add to that that, um, you know, al although many of you may have been charged with uh, assaulting police officers, I, you know, I... Die yeah. right in front of me. Yeah. And I know Troy Nels is in touch with, with Sarah McAbee and Ronald McAbee. Ronald McAbee and myself and at least over a dozen other men tried to save the life of Roseanne Boyland as everyone was screaming for help while the cops trampled her, put people on top of her, and then beat her with a stick while she was unconscious on the ground. People were screaming bloody murder for help, and we responded. And and now we are facing a lot of time in prison. And he, 
graciously came in here to see us and address the treatment. We did that. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm very thankful. You know, we have video proof of so much um, of all of this, and it's all going to come out. We need those 14,000 hours to come out. Um, there are there are some who have access to that because they are uh, investigators for attorneys um, for the defendants. And, uh, you know, there's there's video proof of all of this. And we need to remember more than anything, because this this right has been trampled. And that is, you know, that uh, you all are innocent unless not until, but unless proven guilty. I want to tell the audience that if they would like to see uh, a lot of the reporting on Roseanne Boyland, they can go to We Are Good Men. You have one minute left. Yeah, wearegoodmen.com. Wearegoodmen.com. There's a lot of testimonial uh, written and audio from us to get to know us, J6, in our own words, but also if you scroll down to the bottom, you will see a section dedicated to Roseanne Boyland and the different recordings from the Gateway Pundit to the Epic Times. Yeah. Uh, you can see videos, you can see pictures. That video has already been released. So a lot of that stuff's already out there. We just need eyes on it. We need people to yeah. make some calls to Congress. Yeah, absolutely. I'd also direct people to go to m5newsgate.com to see a lot of video that proves a lot of innocence and a lot of um, faults on the side of the uh, law enforcement. Yes. That's yeah. Gary McBride's uh, website. He's Good patriot, great patriot. Yes, yes. Well, John Mellis, thank you so much for calling us and updating us. Um, thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. Well, hello, Joe Thomas. How are you doing? Oh, I'm out of bed and dressed. I guess I can't complain. Uh, thank you for coming on, as always. It's always a pleasure to have you. And I uh, I hear you had a, a hearing today. I did, actually. Um, since we last spoke, I fired my attorney because I felt that he was not being beneficial to my case. Public defender, you know, they uh, have coined the phrase public pretender for a reason. And I wanted to make sure that I had somebody that would properly represent me. So I uh, kicked him aside and I got another attorney. And my hearing today was supposed to be scheduled for um, something else, but I also, in this meantime, rejected a plea deal. And when I rejected that plea deal, they decided to um, retaliate, really, and convene a grand jury and try to find some more charges. And so they hit me with two more charges of assault and a police officer, and they had my arraignment today. And so first time meeting my new attorney, who did an absolutely amazing job. Um, I'm being represented by a guy by the name of John Pierce, who is also Kyle Rittenhouse's attorney. And uh, he went in there and actually represented me, which I've been begging for for the last year and a half. You know, my, my public defender, after having him for a year and a half, never even asked me my side of the story. How can you defend or represent somebody if you don't even know their side of it, right? He was more of a yes man for the prosecutor than anything, in my opinion. So <clears throat> John Pierce came in and he he did what a good lawyer does and uh, you know went through the arraignment. They announced the uh, the charges that I'm being charged with, and of course we pled not guilty because I didn't do anything. And uh, also asked for a continuance so that he would have a chance to actually look at my case because 
you know, I just got him. So he really has no idea um, to what's going on. But you could tell that the uh, atmosphere of the courtroom changed and uh, they were all rather receptive of my new counsel. So I'm appreciative and I'm hopeful and optimistic. And I believe that uh, justice, true justice will prevail. Well, I am, can't tell you how excited I am for you. Congratulations on uh, getting that awful attorney that you had and getting a, uh, a and getting a warrior of a of an attorney because uh, I I know uh, they actually they actually kind of uh, shake in their boots when when John Pierce comes to town for these cases. So uh, that's that's phen- phenomenal news, and um, you know. Uh, sucks about the arraignments and and the the new uh charges but <laughs> what's 11 you know when uh when you just had what nine before i mean you know they're they're all bogus and and they can keep stacking them on but but you're gonna you're gonna defeat them all i just know it quick correction and i know you handle or you speak to a ton of of uh, defendants and so i wouldn't expect you to know my case in great detail, but I had 10 and they bumped it to 12. So, but you're right. Six one way, a half a dozen the other, or should I say a dozen now, because uh, they, you know, they decided to retaliate whenever I told them where they could put that plea deal, they decided to, to try to tack on some more stuff. But from what I've seen of the charges that they're accusing me of, um, I only saw a single still photo of one of the alleged assaults. And I, I already know that I have video evidence that exonerates me of that. So <clears throat> the tactics that they pull, one thing that I've noticed is they say they have video evidence, but the only thing they show you is a still photo that looks like you're doing something. But if you watch the video in its entirety, you will see that that's actually not it at all. Um, quite frankly, the only thing I'm guilty of is being an ugly yeller, right? So when I yell at something and I'm screaming and blood, you know, rushing to my face because I'm all amped up and whatever, especially after getting hit in the head with a nightstick, I'm not going to be pleasant. I'm ugly, you know, I'll be like, and I'm, you know, put on the scary face. Then a lot of the photos that they show of me supposedly or allegedly doing something like assaulting someone. That's really the only thing they have is the, my ugly face and they're yelling, holding a cell phone up and recording, things like that. Make yeah. it look like I'm punching somebody, but I actually have a cell phone in my hand. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I've seen that evidence. Uh, I've seen their, quote, evidence. And I've, I've seen your whole day of footage that you took of yourself that whole day. And uh, yeah. I would have to agree with you. Yeah, it got yanked down on YouTube. You can still find it on Rumble and odyssey and tour3.com and everywhere that pie is allowed because i posted it from day one i've I've shared the truth that i speak the truth and you know like you say we have to be bold and speak truth that's what this is all about amen amen well tell us uh, tell us what else you've got going on I, i know you've got some new stuff out there and uh it's pretty exciting right well um as you can see from my name down here below I have a new website. It's sing the number four freedom.us because I'm not a company. I'm not a dot org. We're Americans and it's going to stay that way. So sing for freedom.us. Um, that is a central hub where you can find all of the groups that are actually legitimately helping uh, the J6 defendants, their families. You can find their give, send, goes. You can also find your amazing podcast, 
um, on there under the news and updates section, along with the Elijah Fund, which I put right by the live stream section where you can watch the DC vigil every night, uh, thanks to Freedom Express Media. And you can also find my new audio podcast because I finally said enough is enough. And I started a podcast um, called Freedom Unchained. And it is just raw, unfiltered truth about January 6th. I speak to defendants, I speak to families, I speak to people that are involved in this movement, like warriors like yourself. Thank you for coming on to my podcast. Kind of a nice change of pace since I've been on here several times. I actually got you to come on there. Much appreciated. And uh, you're a rock star. So thank you. Um, I, I, uh, I, I so enjoyed coming on your, your podcast and I've been listening to them and, and they are top notch. I will, I will definitely give you that. You, you have just uh, hit the ground running with those and, and you're doing a great job. Thanks. As I've always said, I'm always homemade pie, right? I might be sour. I might be sweet, but it's hundred percent authentic and uncut. And that's what you're going to find there. Just raw, unfiltered truth. And fair warning, I'm marked for explicit content, so I might drop an F-bomb or two, but I do it with patriotic love. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always amazed at um, how much someone can do with, uh, with a phone who has been stripped of, of everything else by um, our federal government, and uh, you'd never know any different. I mean, it's, it's incredibly professional and, and well done, so uh, had to hey. you on that, yep. Thanks. Yeah, they, they took my computers. They even took voice recorders, dash cams. They took clothes, like every bit of electronics that I have. They even took my wife's laptop, which I never even used. But I mean, whatever. Um, so and then they court ordered me to buy another phone so they can keep in touch. And that's all I have. That's all I can use. That's all. That's it. So everything that you see me do, that's that's all I have is this little cheap phone. But with enough patriotic fortitude, and enough know-how and great folks like yourself to help me along the way, kind of give me some tips on how to do certain things. I've uh, I figured it out. This slack-jawed yokel is uh, got a particular set of skills. You guys check it out. If you're if you're not singing for freedom every night, you need to hashtag sing for freedom, sing in solidarity with our uh, J6 defendants who are singing nightly at 9 p.m. Eastern from their cells. Record yourself singing it. Post it on social media with hashtag Sing for Freedom. Check out the website, Sing for the number four, freedom.us. And definitely check out Joe's new podcast because it's phenomenal and it's called Freedom Unchained. And you can find it on, you know, just like every every audio podcast place that you go. Uh, all, all the ones, all the ones, all the things. That's it, all the things. And I actually started... Uh, created something new, which I haven't been able to offer for the Sing for Freedom campaign yet, because folks tell me all the time that they want to sing, but they're afraid to show their face. And we always say, oh, we'll just videotape a tree or whatever. So I have uh, set up on my audio podcast a way that you can send in an uh, anonymous voice recording of you singing the anthem for Sing for Freedom to stand in solidarity with our inmates. So let the families and the uh, defendants hear from you and show the American exceptionalism that is in your heart for them by just listening to the podcast, tapping the link to download or uh, to get into the, do the voice message and sing your stinking heart out or show them a little bit of love, give a, a message of encouragement, but it's a way that you can be completely anonymous. All right. Well, 
It's been great having you on. Thank you so much for the update on your case and what's going on. And uh, best wishes on on uh, all your your future stuff that's going on with uh, your podcast and uh, all of that. So keep in touch with us on on uh, future moves for your case and all that. Oh, it's about to get spicy. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. I I will definitely be sitting in on that courtroom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Hey, Jan 6 fam. Uh, Quick update on, uh, you know, our Jan 6 cases that are going on right now. Uh, Proud Boys um, are almost there for a jury. Six full days um, of jury selection. Uh, We've gotten 42. We need 45. Um, you know, a lot of really good questions going on about, well, I'm pretty sure that they are going to file for another change of venue. Um, Judge Kelly said he really didn't want to read um, another motion on that, that he would rather hear uh, oral arguments for that. So uh, I guess we'll probably hear that. Uh, there's only a half a day tomorrow um, going on. So uh, Proud Boys only until noon. There are some sentencings tomorrow. Uh, there was a, a couple of sentencings today, uh, mostly just for uh, um, not very much jail time, 20 days intermittent for one uh, for Bozberg. And, uh, you know, it, it, it still hurts, you know, but these people are really throwing themselves in front of the mercy of the court on the sentencings that I've read uh, this week. And uh, in some cases, it's really working. Um, You know, going back to the Proud Boys trial, uh, there is still a lot of jury bias. You know, like I said, they they have sworn in 140 uh, potential jurors. Uh, We've gone, uh, we've gone through it. Uh, You know, well over, Oh, let's see. Well, no, I guess that would be, we've we've gone, actually, sorry, we've gone through 210 um, sworn in jurors. We've gone over 185. You're looking at, you know, they have dismissed uh, 75% of the potential jury pool. So, uh, you know, it is uh, concerning there, and I can see where they would want a change of venue. Um, A lot of issues, you know, dealing with the, just the, uh, the issue with the BLM questions, the issue with Antifa, and, you know, being in the district, it's really, really hard uh, to find someone that uh, doesn't believe in that. So, um, Gen 6 family, we have a lot going on tomorrow. We are going to be going to the Supreme Court at 8. Uh, we'll be going to the Capitol, uh, you know, to memorialize those that lost their lives that day. And, uh, you know, and then we'll be at the vigil. So uh, I love all you guys. Hope to see you guys out there. Bye. We urge you to join us, if you can, this Friday, January 6th in Washington, D.C., 8 a.m. at the SCOTUS building with a memorial for Ashley Babbitt at the Capitol following that. And then the vigil outside the D.C. Gulag in the evening. If you'd like to help us support J6 families as they're released from jails and prisons, please check out the Elijah Fund. You can find that on our website, a4justice.org, slash T-E-F. 
Americans for Justice, Inc. is a nonpartisan alliance that vigorously defends the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and due process across our great nation, which are pivotal to preserving life, liberty, and freedom for all. Too long we have played defense and are losing on all battlefronts through divided efforts. The root problem of election integrity, medical freedom, political prisoners, southern border crisis, CPS and APS and others is one common thing, a direct assault on the U.S. Constitution and due process. Americans for Justice is a nonprofit organization with local chapters in all 50 states, working with lawyers, legal scholars, and organizations to actively fight government overreach at all levels. Unite with us in the fight for our J6 political hostages and whatever else due process rights are violated. We ask for your support in this vital mission through a one-time donation or an ongoing membership. Go to the letter A, the number 4, justice.org.